0: Hi and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie, and we're your hosts. This week we watched The Hunger Games: Mockingjay Part One, directed by Francis Lawrence and released in 2014. If you haven't seen, I just noticed that Jennifer Lawrence and Francis Lawrence have the same last name. They do. In (laughs) fact, in uh, reviews of the last one, there were things. There were people who would write things like director Francis Lawrence, brackets, no relation. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I just noticed. So just as a warning, uh. If you haven't seen or read The Hunger Games Mockingjay, we're going to talk spoilers about the movie, or part one of the movie. So maybe you want to go and see the movie before you listen to this one.
1: And the book, but I'm not going to spoil anything after the movie, so you have to keep a really close eye on me, because this is going to be really hard for me. Okay, so I've not read the book. Anyway, so a
0: little bit about the plot of The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. In the underground District 13, Katniss Everdeen has to decide whether or not to become the symbol of a revolution against the Capitol, while worrying about
1: Peter, who's being held captive there. I, I, I think I, I tweeted this as soon as I came out of the movie. I was not... Emotionally prepared for this movie in spite of having read the book. Wow. I was, I was emotionally wrought by it, but immediately I finished. I was like, I want
0: to go again. I want to go again. (laughs) Like I lost it. There's a bit with a cat. When Prim's gone back to get the cat, I'm right. like, oh, God, oh, God, let <laughs> the cat be okay. Please let Prim be okay. Everyone, oh, God, I don't want the cat to die. And wow, I completely okay. lost it. I've, I have a thing about cats.
1: I know, but it's just really interesting because I, I, this is one but, of the reasons oh I was actually my. looking forward to this a lot because I talked to Jamie about it last night and he's read the book and seen the movie, right? Mm. I've And he liked the book. I don't like mocking Jamie. I know. I remember from last time. I don't like Mocking Jay and I saw the movie and then you haven't read the book at all and you saw the movie. So it's like three totally different perspectives. And I book-wise. loved this. Loved it. Okay. Good to know. But oh my God, like it is, it's harrowing. Yeah. I think the problems that I have with the movie are big problems, but they are problems I have with the book. Uh, and I think the movie is much better than the book. Okay. Um, the book is a real mess. It is too many ideas shoved into the book that are not well-ordered. Uh, I think the the biggest problem is with the book is that Katniss is constantly removed from the action, mm. which is a problem that I had with the movie as well, especially yeah. in the big finale where she doesn't actually get to go and save Peter. Yeah. Um, that is, that's what happens in the book all the time, right? Oh. She is just constantly like adjacent to the action and they don't want her to be involved in it because she's the mocking Jay. I know The Hunger Games um, has a lot of stuff around agency and how teenage girls don't have agency and how she's trying to take it. And I understand that, but it, it's a real issue in the third book because there's so much happening. And it's constantly happening, and she's just kind of observing and uh, and next to mm. it, and doesn't get really in it. And I thought that and was, she's the protagonist, right? Agreed.
0: And I thought that was a really interesting choice as well, because this movie is so much about the nature of celebrity. There's something in there about the famous young girl in a gilded cage kind of thing, the princess,
1: yeah. And but I and think it's that always, works better in the first two films than yeah. this one. And it's always
0: about keeping her out of like serious danger, like even in District Eight where they do come under attack, she's sent to District 8 because District 8 is kind of safe, relatively relatively speaking, and they're trying because they it's so important to them to keep her alive, and the thing is it's important to the capital to keep her alive, so they actually could put her into the, into the action a heck of a lot more, and she knows that. She knows that the capital wants her alive, that it's better for her to be alive than to be a martyr, a- and she could and wants to go into the action. There's so many powerful people from President Coin down who are just Did you love Coin? I
1: didn't love Coin, but I think she's a really interesting character. This is why I love Coin. It's the same way I love Snape, in that like they're both kind of jerks, but God they're interesting. Yeah, she's
0: really interesting.
1: But oh no I, I Oh my god, you know the, what? I and this is why I have so many feels.
0: It's Plutarch. Plutarch is the brilliant. He's so good and I am so Really viscerally hit me how much we we've lost in Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, because he's so good in this role and this character is so good. And I, you know, it was all about Plutarch for me. He was definitely my favorite. But President Coyne is is fascinating. And I, it was really clever at the end where. And I need to look this up for the show notes because I don't actually know if it's true, but I'm pretty sure her speech at the end. Very, very closely resembles President
1: Obama's speech after the assassination of Osama bin Laden. Okay, this, um, well into what I was going to say because, um, that would make sense given one of the writers who is Buffy's Jonathan Danny Strong, who, um, wrote the game, game change or something like that and won an Emmy for it, which is a politically based drama okay yeah so um, I, so he's, he's very yeah. much into the politics stuff and also i'm so proud of him <laughs> i met him yeah. once and i'm just so proud of him well i mean these movies they've gotten better the second movie is
0: brilliant much better than the first and this third one is also at the same standard of the f- of the second movie
1: i i, I agree that it's good I, I i like the second one best and i like the second one's story best i, I think there's a lot of problems that suzanne collins collins thank you i went summers no (laughs) suzanne collins came up against and i don't know if this is true but this is how i feel uh hunger games came out four years later catching fire comes out one year later mocking jay comes so she was under pressure to release the next one and mocking jay needed an editor it needed more time to sort things out um there's a lot of really good ideas in it so it's Um, the goblet of fire of these books isn't it (laughs) I guess so, yeah. I mean, it, it Uh is, it's one where there's. No, not that one, the other one, the fifth one. The sixth one. one. Or the fifth one? I I like Order of Phoenix. I like Order of Phoenix too, but it could have done with a bit of a. Yeah, it could do with a bit of editing. Anyway, never Um, it it just, it, it's one that, it's kind of disappointing because I really love the series, but Mockingjay is really, was, it feels rushed. It feels like she has all these neat ideas that she kind of wants to shove into one book. And I actually think it would be better as two books which is kind of one of the reasons why, for once, the split for the movies makes sense, mm. because it feels a bit like two books. But, you know, there's this obsession with trilogies, right? So sh- it has to be a trilogy. Mm. But I think that it, it would have functioned much better as two separate books, um, as two separate stories. And I think the movie kind of... It gets to do more interesting things and it gets to tease out the characters um, better. I also think the casting is so freaking good because you said it's all about Plutarch for you. There are characters in this movie that I would kill people for.
0: Well, it's not just about Plutarch. Plutarch was amazing because he does this – he's always looking really – he's got this smirk on his face like (laughs) the whole time. And he's like he's trolling President Coyne. But he's just also really smart and he knows how – he knows how to work with people and to he knows all about messaging and things like
1: that. But it's not just him. I mean, Effie Trinket in this is a revelation. <laughs> okay, see, Effie's not in the book. Oh. Effie is not in Mockingjay. And I it would just be such a waste to get Elizabeth Banks to put in the performance she's put in as Effie and then not have her in the third movie. If I, I wish there was – an Oscar for like tiny supporting roles that are amazing mm. because I feel like Elizabeth Banks Banks deserves one for what she's done with Effie. Effie in the books is like kind of a symbol of not everybody in the capital is that bad, kind of an idea, but they take it so much further in the movies. And also Elizabeth Banks is a delight. Mm. Um, Effie is just like a ray of of she's judgmental won. sunshine.
0: And well, and the thing is that like Plutarch, Hamish, Effie, and even Katniss. In this District 13, which has been run along these really strict military lines by President Coin, and it's really – it's very, very militarized, and they are not like that at all. They are cre- – particularly Hamish and Effie are creative – and Plutarch as well. They're creative ty- – and um, Natalie Dormer's character as well. Cressida. Cressida, yeah. They're creative types. They're lateral thinkers. They –
1: uh political thinkers but also heavens be coaches coin mm. into becoming more uh, and more charismatic as the movie goes on right and it kind of happens behind the scenes like you get one scene of it happening but then you can see him mouthing the last speech along with her mm. and you can see that he's kind of coached her into being better right because it's, it's like she's just a at
0: the start of it she's very much a leading out of necessity like she needs t- she
1: believes in his cause but She, Mm, don't underestimate Coin's, um, um, (laughs) ambition. Ambition. I I think she wants to be a leader. I'm not, I'm not against it, but she's very much like a general,
0: like an army person who's, she's not so worried about the squishy human stuff. She's
1: worried about leading her people and keeping everybody safe and doing the best for the collective. Um, I would also like to say something about Coin that's in the book. In the book, Katniss is obsessed with Coin's hair. So you get a couple of mentions of the hair in the movie, but not a lot because it's supposed to be this, like, straight grey sheet that she becomes obsessed with. And she wonders sometimes if it's a wig or if it's not a wig. You know, Which I was th- wondering the same thing through the movie. I'm like, did they just get her to grow her hair out? Is, is, is she that gray? Does, did they dye it gray? Did they? I was totally wondering that. Okay, because that's interesting because for me, I was like, how can you wonder if that's a wig when Katniss is so clearly wearing a wig? Mm. And that was a little bit, I mean, it, it's so minor an issue, but it mm. just kind of, you know, yeah. pissed me off. Well, <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so she, she is clearly wearing a wig, but it is dressed perfectly. Like, the hair—it looks like the kind of hair you have when you, uh, like it looks like she's done it herself, or Prim has helped her do it. Like, there's no it, the hair and makeup is actually
1: perfectly done. Like, oh, it always is. That's mm. one of these amazing, the amazing things the, about this whole series yeah. is they pay so much attention to hair, makeup, and costume in every kind of detail. Yeah. Um, which kind of makes sense with the whole Sinner thing. Mm. Like, the that costume is very central to the books as well. But it is isn't good, I think, that they kind of really mm. went after that for the movies. Yeah,
0: and with Coin. I think it's important that it, it looks like that because if she'd gone in with Julianne Moore's own hair, which is bright flaming red, it wouldn't have worked. It's too flamboyant for this character, this, the desaturatedness well, of the Well, also because grey her, hair.
1: her character is so, her hair is so central to the character yeah. that you couldn't actually, right. there's no way they and could do that. And it's, and it's, the, then the hair is about desaturating that character.
0: Like it's, it's making her one of the soldiers. Even in the way she addresses Katniss' as soldier and, and others, it just c- kind of takes all the colour. It look matches the camouflage jumpsuit.
1: That's the only way it could be. Um, uh. Can we talk about Peter now? <laughs> um, sure. Because, okay, the reason that I was not emotionally prepared for this movie and the reason that, like, I was excited to talk about it on the podcast and the reason that I've been thinking about it nonstop since is – frickin' Josh Hutchison's performance as Peter at the very end of this movie. Because the rest of the movie, it's all stuff that I knew was happening. I mean, they do a good job of it, but it's not that emotional for me. The cat thing, because I, I know about it, is not that emotional for me. All of that <laughs> stuff is not that emotional for me. I knew that Peter choking Katniss was com- Katniss was coming. And I was nowhere near prepared for how I felt when that happened. Like, watching that little – just when she comes in and she says, Peter, and he sits up, and you're like, oh, God, especially if you know it's coming, because you wouldn't have known it was coming. No. And I'm – I for some reason, I'm not so attached to it. (laughs) Right. So – and I think part of it is knowing what's, you know, what's going on and stuff. But when he does that little straightening up, I was like, oh, My God. And then I was, like, so far back in my seat waiting for him to attract her and then watching his face when he attacks her and the, like, mask of, like, hatred and anger. Because Peter is the opposite of that. He is soft and sweet and compassionate and Mm. everything that is not that, right? Mm. And Josh Hutchison looks just completely different by the end of this movie i mean he's like Mm. a different person and then watching that that attack happen is so upsetting to me and then like later on when she goes to the room and he's like thrashing around in it oh my god Mm. so this is like it, it It was kind of like two hours of lead up to that happening right and that happened and i was like jesus christ i that was what i was not at all prepared for and i think uh jamie also was kind of like similarly affected and because i think it is yeah. a thing where if you re- have read the book it is much more
0: effective and from what i've read on tumblr it seems that if you have read the book that is much more effective because oh, it was definitely a shock because it's not the peter that we know and it's not the peter that we've come to expect but i don't and love feel that i love peter visceral thing that you did and i yeah i don't can't say that i love peter i like peter and I think he's wonderful and an interesting character and i I love the way his feminine qualities are played up normally but yeah i don't I didn't have that same connection to it,
1: yeah, and that was what I was really interested in like that's one of the reasons why I was so excited to talk about it because you hadn't read the book mm. and you don't know about that happening and like it's a it's a surprise in the book similarly, mm. but you know it as you can expect, it will carry on having consequences for people so but the Mm. thing is so obviously there's more of that story to come right right but like it it is a surprise in the book but in the movie it's so well put together Mm. and he does and at the end of it i was just like that's why they cast josh hutcherson people didn't know why they cast him at the beginning that's why because he can do that Mm. um he can go from like our peter to that and he Mm. can do it so effectively and, yeah, and just every little flash of Peter through the movie, I was just like, oh my god.
0: Well, he was really good, cause, well, he, we see him through all the propaganda videos being made, and he's, oh god, it's, it's harrowing. Mm because you can see what he's going through and the line he's trying to walk when he answers the questions and how he's coping and then there's that wonderful bit where he warns them of the incoming
1: bombers see, this is the thing is this yeah. this is why i was so emotionally compromised after that movie yeah. happened is peter it wasn't like anything else but peter that made me this like I, and i'm not very emotional yeah this i time. So i don't
0: know i was just i fe- feel like i was really related to katniss this time and more than the other two because in the other two the Hunger Games, I—it's something that I would probably not be involved in myself, but I can totally imagine being in a in the middle of a rebellion and being confused and not knowing what to do and having all these people, all this this stuff coming at you in all from all different directions. So it was really, I was really like Team Katniss through this whole thing.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't hurt that Jennifer Lawrence is, you know, a genius. Oh, she's so good. I know. And and like she's
0: in here with. These actors who have, you know, twenty more years' experience than her and are like considered the top of their field—Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore—and she not only holds her
1: own, she like fits in with them. She's mm. as good as them. One of the best things they did was cast somebody that good as Katniss, because Jennifer Lawrence is that good. There's also oh, these movies are such a step above. Mm. Like, they're just so good. And this is my my biggest praise of the movies is they're so well put together. Every kind of – every little detail, the casting, the way it looks, the soundtrack, the music, where the way they wrote the music for the song, the The, Hanging Tree song. The Hanging
0: Tree, the sound editing. I was – I didn't notice until over the end when you listen to that song. It's an acapella of Jennifer Lawrence's voice and they've, I assume, folied in the sounds of the forest
1: underneath it. Oh, my God. It's so beautifully put together. Mm. I think one of the reasons why these movies are so good and so popular is because they do – pay attention to every little detail mm. they don't leave anything out and they bring this whole world to life in a way that things like Lord of the Rings do mm. but also they stay true to the characters and the main kind of the, the main ideas of the story in ways that Harry Potter don't do the Harry yeah. Potter movies don't do mm. um, so you know it's that kind of that kind of attention to and, and dedication to bringing the story well, to it's life it's attention
0: to physical and emotional
1: detail Yeah, which is what Lord of the Rings does so well like you say Harry Potter does a whole
0: thing about you know physical detail mm. but emo- the emotional detail is not there exactly yeah exactly
1: because yeah. Steve Close is a douche <laughs> but so you know that's one of the, that's why these movies are so good and that kind of attention to character is probably why they brought Effie back mm-hmm. and that's why everybody is so well cast with the possible exception I'm sorry of Liam Hemsworth <laughs> I don't really like Gail in the first place, but I think Liam Hemsworth is kind of a wet blanket in terms of the whole thing. <laughs> I, I think he was adorable, but I don't, I don't think he was as good as all the others. Like I think he was pretty. Yes. But other than that... I did quite like looking at him and he was cute, but, but he's so whiny. Oh, I can never get you to pay attention to me, but I'm in pain. Don't worry, it'll pass. I wanted to punch his face. But the- remember, these are teenage boys, right? Know he's that, actually
0: but- an idiot teenage boy.
1: I, under- I, I do understand that, <laughs> but at the same time, like... I, and in the book, it's actually a bit different from what I can tell, but that might be coming. Okay. Which is that Peter... I mean, uh, Gail kind of... He represents a comfort zone for Katniss of Mm. what the games were like or what her life was like before the games, right? But he was always quite combative Mm. and rebellious. And she's been through so much and she knows what the actual consequences of things are in a way that he doesn't. And he becomes somebody that she doesn't like very much. But I feel like in the movies that's playing out more in terms of their relationship and less in terms of like there's only sort of one line about, oh, you're, you know, when did us, uh when did it become you and Coin? When did us become you and Coin or something like that? Mm. There's not a lot of that kind of element as much as to why she is becoming feeling more distant to him mm. and like there's that connection to Peter and and I think that's done a lot better in the movie. Every time Peter comes up and she runs to the screen and you know all of Jennifer Lawrence's face and all oh. that sort of stuff is going on. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, think no, I you re- that you've actually really clarified that for me. Yeah. yeah Yeah. I agree so uh, it doesn't do it does not quite it's it's, again really muddy in the book which is one of the Mm. major the book is very muddy and messy as it is but Gail is just so annoying to me in the movie because it's so based on their relationship Mm. and you just sort of and and also she's not as in it as she is in the book in a lot of ways Mm. and so you're just kind of like but you're just being kind of whiny now yeah like she clearly isn't she's not leading you on and she's not Doing the things that you think she's doing, and, and when you whine about this stuff when there's a war going on, you just sound kind of like a jerk.
0: Right. And he, he's not appreciating the full impact of the, her
1: PTSD, like of Nobody what she's done. Nobody seems to con- comprehend the concept of trauma in this, Yeah. They, except for, except for two people. Oh, well, not Peter because Peter's not in it. In two, This no, movie there's I mean, two people, right? Yeah. There's Hamish, but Hamish is still kind of her mentor. Yeah. So, he's still kind of a little bit above her. The person that is most connected to her in this movie and is, is in the same place as her is Finnick. Yeah. The other character who I adore and will kill for. It's basically Finnick, Effie, and Peter. I just, yeah. I can't. But... um Finnick is, is in exactly the same place as her. Exactly, yes. Yeah, Traumatized. That, sorry, when his, I said Peter, I know he's not in it, but it's, he's in the same place as her. Yes. Um, but I mean, in terms of who she's connecting with. Yeah. It's really interesting to see she's, you know, hugging everybody else and having these big emotional outbursts with everybody else and talking to everybody else. But with Finnick, they are in exactly the same place. And one of the things that I really appreciated about this movie mm-hmm. was that every single time I thought, where's Finnick? Finnick would appear. Ah, it was really weird and interesting because there would be these things that would directly affect Finnick. Yeah, and in a lot of movies they would just not have him. And I was like, Finnick should be involved in this. And then there would be a scene with Finnick, Mm. and I really appreciated that, and not just because Sam Claflin is gorgeous
0: and and really good.
1: Yes, I really really appreciated
0: him talking about his own specific trauma, which had been different to Katniss's trauma. Like he'd. He'd been through something
1: awful. Now, a lot of that isn't actually explicitly said in the books. Right. It's something you have to figure out. They're a lot more explicit in the movies in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because they have to be. I think a lot of the things that Katniss says and a lot of the things Finnick says are things that Katniss thinks yeah. in the book whereas Finnick and Katniss voice them in the movies. But, yeah, that scene, Jesus.
0: Wow. Because, I mean, it had all been about Katniss, and he was willing to step up and do the same job that she did without all the fame and recognition that she gets. And, God, it was – and he just sort of stands there and he talks about his trauma, and he does it in front of everybody on on camera, and he knows – and it's painful, but he does it anyway because they need to jam the signal. So, that, oh, my God. Oh.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love Finnick. So that he
0: can get his love back.
1: So yeah, I think Sam Claflin did do a really good job. But it was interesting to see that what it was like for her to interact with somebody who was at the same place as her. Yeah, when nobody else was, and nobody else understood what she had gone through at all. No, Prim was caring, but still didn't understand it either. And obviously, her mother is useless.
0: Right. Well, but well, that's the thing. Like Prim can care, and Effie can care, and Hamish understands to a degree. What it's like. I, I thought it was good that they gave him that role as well because I there would have been a temptation, I think, to cut that out of the movie big for time and they didn't. Um, let him I have think, his moment.
1: Uh, there's something that they do in the movies that is that like, I, I love Finnick more in the movies and the books. I love Effie more in the movies and the books. Mm. I like Plutarch more in the movies and the books. It's not just about casting, but it's also about giving each person their own kind of real emotional stakes in things mm. Um, that the movies do so well. And they create this whole host of really likable characters. I like the good guys and I like the bad guys. I think President Snow is interesting. Mm. Yeah, and he's evil. And also, there's something else that they do, which is that they get you get to see President Snow's kind of glee in what he does to peter that makes what he does to peter slightly less well how can i put it It, it's in the books it's so out of nowhere and it's so cruel yeah and it's not less cruel but it kind of is when you get to see the bad guys delighting in it Mm. you can feel for him more or something like that there's something that was that felt really unnecessarily cruel in the books about how peter's story arc came to be yeah. And, which was one of the reasons I – and again, I didn't like the book very much. Right. Because uh, Peter gets shafted. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I of all the characters. I wasn't particularly glad about that either in the movie.
0: Um, but I, I, It's I, more effective than Pre, isn't in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, President Snow was really interesting because not so much for him but for the people around him. Nobody wants to be there. Mm. Nobody wants to work for him. His granddaughter, like, she's surreptitiously undoing her Katniss braid. Mm-hmm. And his general slash chief
1: of staff, whatever she is, she doesn't want to be there. Like, I also there's yeah. a little tiny role from um the creepiest man on television, Robert Nepper. Yeah. um, who played Tea Bag on Prison Break yeah, and yeah. Is that, oh, is that his name? Um, he's constantly playing creepy characters. Anyway, when oh, I saw yeah, him, no, I right, was he like, hey, hey, like a bag. S-
0: yeah, I did exactly the same thing. I was <laughs> like, oh, yay.
1: Um. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I like a
0: tiny second rule, but none of them, not him, not the general, not anybody wants to be there mm-hmm. with President Snow. Like, you can see that crumbling. Mm-hmm. And it's crumbling
1: fast. Although I, I'm still like, how, we've only got one more movie to get to the end of this. How are we going to do that? And uh, and I'm really looking forward to seeing a bit more Joanna Mason in the next one. Oh my, me too. I was like, we got one scene. I'm like, no, she was my favorite. Well, actually, she movie. was featured a lot in the uh, the lead up to it and the promotional material. Oh, okay. Um, there were a lot of st- a lot of promos where they had President Snow talking all in white with Peter next to him and and Joanna next to him. Yeah. And that was kind of the promotional stuff, and I was surprised it wasn't in the movie. Me too. I was like, wait, we haven't seen Peter in the white suit. He's not going to get out of this. I thought they were not going to
0: rescue him because I was like, no, we haven't seen the white suit bit.
1: Yeah. Oh, also, can I point out? With all the costume stuff, why are Peter's suits so uncomfortable? I mean, I understand what they're trying to do with it, but also all I could think about when he was giving his first little speech to the camera was that the little pointy thing on his collar was poking up into his neck. That's, but Caesar Flickermans do that too, and that's the part
0: of the Capitol that, and their fashion things. They always wear stuff that's massively uncomfortable, like Effie Trinket's corsets and wigs. and. I know, but it's something specific about that heels. that I was like, but
1: that's so impractical. Yeah. Dumb. I don't know. It just really annoyed me. It was yeah. ridiculous. But, um, Caesar Flickerman, also, Stanley Tucci is so good. Mm. Like, so good at Caesar Flickerman. All these minor roles are just so good. Like, we were talking the other day about Wes Bentley playing, um, yeah, Seneca Crane. Yeah, Interstellar, where, like, there's all these massively fa- Well, we're talking about
0: Interstellar, where all these way more famous than the role actors were in it. Yeah. And they were fine. But in this. There's a whole lot of way more famous-in-the-role actors who really elevate the whole thing because yep. the whole thing as everyone has a real commitment to making a really wonder, I and I'm sure the people who made Interstellar had a, had a commitment to making a good film too. But
1: for some reason, everybody who's involved in this really, like, steps up. Mm, I don't know. Just, it's a weird thing. It's something that I noticed in the last one as well, and I'm like, it's stabbing him. Mm. <laughs> But, yeah, Stanley Tucci casts a season flickerman. I mean, season flickerman is belly in the books, you know. He's not really a person, and yet he's a he's this real kind of Fantastic. personality in yeah, the movies. Yeah, but I suppose a bit like Effie. Effie's so great. I love Effie so much.
0: Oh, she's <laughs> I love her as well as a sort of an audience substitute because, like, a lot of us in the audience, we're not Katniss. We are not that skilled or brave or as good at soldiering. But we, I can relate to Effie really, really well, like the loss of comfort and the recognition that the comfort that you had was at the cost of other people. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good and really important audience substitute.
1: But the other important thing that she does is to show that the capital isn't – not everybody in the capital is evil. They're just in a different – like they're more privileged than other people. Mm, That's it. That's what I was trying to say. It's how we all benefit from systems of oppression.
0: Like Mm. she's – was a huge beneficiary of this system, and she was not a bad person. She just, like, that's where she happened to, the roll of the dice landed her. Yeah. And in um, coming out of that system, there's a certain adjustment
1: period of losing your privilege. But it's also an important thing to see when you hear Peter talking about how nobody's going to come out of this alive and all that sort of stuff, and they're all like, oh, the capital is evil. You have to have somebody like Effie to show that everybody in the capital isn't evil, to make it a real kind of question. Mm. Capital is just people. Well, people and and Snow, who is evil but, yeah. but in such a great way <laughs> Donald he's Sutherland he's so, just so great. great
0: He and he relishes this part and i don't know that donald sutherland's
1: done a lot of work in recent years and he's kind of relishing this meaty villain role but he isn't just like he's also you can kind of see where he's coming from because as evil as the games are they did keep the country together for a long time he, after a period all of unrest he's trying to do is keep the status quo
0: yeah he believes in this system of capital, and I've almost almost said capitalism because, you know, that's my favourite topic. He believes in what he's been brought up in. He believes in the system very, very intensely, and he believes in his way of doing things. Mm. Well, Everything he does, to me, there's a logical reason for everything that he does. I can... I can understand, and this is, I think, part of the strength of the movie. I can understand where he's coming from, why
1: he reacts in the way that he does, and why he does the things that he does. Yeah. God, I feel like this, there's I leaned over at one point and I was like, I wish I'd brought something to take notes. Um, well, there's I, so many little things like, oh, there's this great scene where Boggs, who was also great, by the way, played by Mahershala Ali – I really hope I got that right. He's the head of the District 13 security. Yeah. And even he is this minor role who you just kind of end up loving because he's really protective of Katniss and he really looks out for everybody and you can well, see where he, he's coming along from. Along with
0: Gail, volunteers to go and rescue Peter. Right. And he, oh, yeah, he's great too. And the, um, there's a whole heap of those l- little ones that pop up. Pollux. Him. Yeah. Ca- yep. Castor the Pollux. Yep yeah oh pollux is adorable, adorable. <laughs> oh
1: yeah i was funny it was funny because i recognized eldon henson the guy who plays him from like teen movies from the 90s oh right yeah he was in i think the faculty and he was in uh, she's all that and yeah. i don't know it was just a weird sort of moment for me but like even those kind of minor yeah. things where he's just so everybody is like a, a person that you like mm. <laughs> um and boggs there's a scene where boggs is walking away from the hovercraft taking off to go to district 13 yeah. And it's like a, a steady shot yes, of him just so walking badass. towards them when, yeah, I know. It's, it's like this one. I mean, it could be extraneous, but they put that in there just to, you know show the reality of the world, but it just looks cool. I know, yeah. I I, I do actually have really big problems with the movie, but I can't blame the movie for them. But at the same time, I don't know what it would be like to watch it without having those problems hanging over from the book. I love it. Because I really don't like the ending where Katniss isn't in it. I love it. You know, like, it it annoys me. I can see those problems, but God, I loved it. And God, yeah. it was uh, – and I didn't even have the
0: Peter emotionally ruining experience and the, I was emotionally ruined by the end of it. I was just like, oh, my God. And, yeah, wait till
1: and, the next uh, – And yeah, Jelly, just, who
0: was like, Peter. whoa, that was intense. And I'm like, I want
1: to go again. I want to go
0: again. And I didn't – haven't actually been again, but I'm – I have. I've seen it twice. I'm almost certain I'm going again this week sometime just after work one day because I need to see this again. And I just
1: loved it. Mm. Like, wow. Yeah, there's so movies. many – Yeah. I it they're just really well made. I'm I'm quite looking forward to the next one as well. But in another way I'm not. Because <laughs> then it'll be over. No, not so much that. <laughs> Some other things. Um. um but I you know, am going to be good. It is really hard, by the way. It's it's so much harder because it's all the same book mm. to not talk about what's going to happen because it's all in the same story. And now I don't get to talk about it. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It's just really difficult. Like I've had to be really careful about what I say. And clearly you have feels that exceed just this book. Yes. And and that's why it's so interesting to hear your point of view on Peter because Peter was like so emotionally charged for me.
0: I There's have seen some-
1: deaths in movies that I knew were coming that were much, much less effective than what they did with pink Yeah, Ice. And
0: I am glad that worked really well. I mean, I, I thought it was I it was good. I'm just not and, and it was a shock. I was just
1: not I don't yeah, I don't think I've quite um attached to it the way you did. Right, well, well, uh, what what we'll I we'll do not is the when way I
0: attach to the cat.
1: <laughs> when you finish the movies, then you can go back and try well, it again and, and maybe read the books. And... When,
0: well, when I finish the movies, I'm going to read the books. But I feel like, like I said, when we recorded the podcast about the second one, I've gone this far without reading them, so I need to not read them until i am no, done. No, this is
1: working great with you not yeah. having read them and like, me and having I, read them And now though.
0: it's it's actually important that I haven't read them. Mm. God, I'm excited! I'm excited about like going on Tumblr and sharing all the pictures and like all the feels <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. You just have to be really careful that you don't spoilers. get spoiled for the next one. I am a little bit worried about that, but then the, most of the spoilers I've had on Tumblr about this book um, are like Peter loses his leg, which they don't do in the movie. Yeah, and Katniss loses her hearing. That, that
1: happened in the first book anyway, which I didn't
0: know. And um, uh, but or the second, but I, that's first, that's, first the, one. that's the yeah, that's the most consistent one. spoiler
1: I see on Tumblr. Yeah, because it is leg. really kind of annoying that they didn't do that in the movies. Yeah, and um, apparently and Katniss they didn't. loses her hearing,
0: so she's yeah. like Clint Button. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, not completely. She's uh, only loses her hearing in one ear. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that is a thing. And um, I did think this movie was a little too long, <laughs> oh, okay. especially the second time I watched it. The second ah. time I watched it, I was like, oh, look, the movie is going to come cl- to the end soon because I was, you know, mm-hmm. more emotionally prepared for the end the second time. <laughs> um, still not completely ready for it, right. by the way, <laughs> but much more so. Like I thought I was from the book and there was just n- like no way that I was even close to it. I was so... So, my heart was thumping for an hour after I watched it, but like I the, share the, the heart
0: thumping experience, but just in different i don't know for different reasons yeah. i think
1: the sequence um that was in the the um underground you know when district thirteen had to oh, when they were being evacuated, evacuate, bombed. that was yeah. boring for me the second time, and ah. the other sequence that was boring for me was earlier oh the the hunting was really boring for me the second time, especially since I think Gale is a waste of time. <laughs> Uh, it, uh, I don't know, I,
0: I, f- I just kind of feel for him,
1: so I kind of like him. Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> and also, I, I don't know, I guess I relate to the whole, the comfort of a life before the games kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I, I get that, but it just didn't, like, it didn't connect for me the second time around. I think there was a lot of really kind of that Grey District 13 stuff that went on for a bit too long. Mm. I don't really know what they could do. Otherwise, I just know what I felt like when I watched it. Mm. And what I felt like was let's have something happen now. Mm. But it's, you know, it is a product of the book that it's based on. And the book that it's based on is very much like that. They okay. put a little bit more, by the way, in the beginning. The beginning of the movie is when Katniss is hiding in the thing and then she goes back to the to her hospital bed, but the Finnick thing doesn't happen. I think it starts a little bit later than that, but she keeps doing the hiding out thing. I, I, I'm i trying to sort of explain just what the problems with the book are, but they're so vast. I think one of the great things about the movies is that they can show things from people from other people's point of view who aren't Katniss. Mm. And that's what the movies have always done really well and have really added to the world of the movies that isn't in the books because it is all from Katniss's point of view and you get so much more when it's not all from Katniss's point of view. Yeah. And, it yeah, it's that kind of concept when you're reading the book that everything is happening but you're being told it's happening and you're not in it. Mm. And that's because Katniss isn't in it. And even in the movie that's a problem. Because Katniss is only really in it in District Eight, and I thought the District Eight scene was a real high point too. Yeah, yeah. And it is a problem that she kind of everything is happening. The bombing of the the place is happening, and she's not involved in it. Peter's being held captive and tortured, and she's not being involved in it. Well, Gail's Peter's going off to save Peter, and she's not, not being involved. involved in it. Uh, that was she, the one that and, got me. Oh, and the they other didn't thing didn't give was, her the option
0: of going to rescue Peter.
1: Yeah. Because you know she would have. Yeah. And the other thing was in the book, she's being watched all the time. And in the movie, they keep letting her do things by herself. And I'm like, there's no way they'd be letting her do this by herself. Mm. There's no way they let her run off after her sister. What? Who's watching her? Right. Like that was kind of a a weird disconnect thing. Yeah. But there is that kind of sense that she's not active. Although, to be honest, I felt other than the bit with the cat,
0: which I'm like, no, they must have, someone must have been paying attention. There was this idea that the only place she wasn't
1: being watched was when she was in the old house back in District 12. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is that, but they let her go down to District 12. Like they were like, we're watching you from the sky. But I was like, somebody would have gone down with her. Yeah. That's silly. Oh, that's when it starts. That's when the book starts. Oh, that's right. Okay. She's right. She's in District 12 when the book starts. Right. Um, so yeah, there's all that sort of thing. I don't know. It just, it, it, it's this kind of con, weirdly disconnected feeling that you have from it. And that's what the book had the biggest problem with for me was taking agency away from Katniss. There is that kind of very teenage girl specific thing that happens in Hunger Games that's about feeling like you don't have agency and Mm. feeling like everybody else is making decisions for you. But I think that is a genuine problem in the third book, and in the movie, it's even less so because yeah. she's so active. Like in eight, in District Eight, she runs away from everybody to try and mm. be involved in well, it. You know, yeah, she's she trying actually, all yeah, the time. Yeah, she's
0: fantastic. That's why it's such a high point because she runs away and she actually does something. She doesn't just let the bombers come. She uses her arrows to, but she never would. Yeah, and and, and I think that's why it would have been better if they'd let her in to do something
1: else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, she and even when she's out hunting the deer, she doesn't actually kill the freaking deer. So, like, there's so much times when she's not doing things, mm. you know. Although that 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 was the point of that, though. I that, understand that, yeah. but it's also not Katniss, and it's not. It means that she's again not doing things, you mm. know. It's very if it, it's so distancing when the main character isn't actually in the mix doing stuff, right? And that's a real, real problem with the book. And it's less of a problem with the movie, but it's still such a problem with the movie that I had a real issue with it. Yeah. That it's too long and, like, I do feel like it's a little bit plodding up until the point where we get to everybody, even though they put so much effort into these movies, when you have source material Mm -hmm. that's as problematic as the Mockingjay book is, in terms of the way it's actually put together, the movie can never fully overcome the problems that I saw with the book. Yeah, no, no, no. So... In in terms of explaining my rating that I will give, that's it. Okay. So what are you giving it? Three and a half stars. Right. I'm giving it four and a half because I f- loved it. Yeah. Ha- ha- Catching Fire, I gave a much higher rating. Yeah, because I, think we I were loved Catching both Fire. four and four and a half when Catching yeah. Fire. Yeah. Whereas this, the the problems with the book are so big that I don't think any movie, even mm. with Danny Strong writing it, could overcome just how much the book annoyed me. Okay. Fair enough. Shall we wrap up? Yes. Okay, cool. Thank
0: you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you want to read the show notes, they are on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to uh, read Katie's review of The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, you can do that on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're all over the place. If you want to come to Tumblr, tumblr tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. We also have a Twitter, at screen underscore queen. Also, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens. Thank you for listening. Bye. See you next time.